Welcome to another podcast from Fire Church Ministries. We hope you enjoy this message from Fire Church Karim Downs. Before I get into the word tonight, um, I just wanted to see if that now my name's Jessica. I'm Pastor Jess, if you don't know me. Nobody calls me Jessica. It's always Jess. Occasionally my parents call me, used to call me Jessie. Um but it's Jess or Pastor Jess, if you prefer. Um, but I'm calling out, is there, a, is there another Jessica in the building right now? If you're in the building with your hand up. Oh, hi, Jess. I know that, Jess. Uh, is there another Jess? Is there a Jessica Cresswell in the building? And if you are here, if you can put your hand up and wave. And if you're not here, that's all good. Don't think she's here. We haven't met personally yet. Um, that's okay. That's okay. We had some baby dedications earlier this morning. Uh, we opened it up for this service as well. So just checking if another family here, but I don't think they've made it, so that's all right. I will move on to the next part of what I'm up here for. Um, it's such a privilege. I want to start with it's just such a privilege um, to speak to you tonight, to be able to deliver, you know, one tiny speck <laughs> of what God has for us um, in terms, you know, you could, you could read the Bible. Uh, I know many people might have a goal or maybe you've done it before. I know my husband, Pastor Alex, has done it before to read, read the Bible from the front of the Old Testament to the end of the New Testament in a year. And those goals like that are fantastic. Um, or you might have reading plans or you might have read the Bible. I, I, I know a child who's part of our kids' ministry He's 12 now, and I've known him for a few years, and he told me last week that he's read the Bible, and I believe him because this kid doesn't lie, that he's read the Bible 10 times in its, in, it, in, in its fullness, Old and New Testament, and I believe him because he's, he like, I've called him the Bible expert in the room, in our primary age room, um, because like when kids have questions, he, he's like ready to answer it, he's just so knowledgeable he knows all the. He knows. You know. He knows more than Moses and Noah and Jesus. You know what I'm saying? He know. He knows other people. Um, he's a legend. But my point with this is, we could read the Bible over and over and over and never fully understand exactly, exactly in its fullness of what God has for us in His Word and what He's trying to say to us. And I, I, I get somewhat overwhelmed by that, and so um, I find that so restful in my spirit to go, it's okay. It's okay to not know everything. And also, it's all really how expectant we can be when we come to the Word, when we open up the Bible ourselves on our own, or if you come in this setting, or if maybe you're in a Bible study, and go, God has something more for me now, today. And I believe that to be true tonight as well. Um, I have a little bit of a presentation, a little bit of a slideshow to go along to coincide with what I'm going to share tonight. So I'm going to thank uh, the, <laughs> the team of two up the back. They just do incredible to make all of this happen. And we're online as well tonight. So to do all that, to manage all that. And so obviously, guys, if, it, if, it's, um, if it's not perfect with what I'm saying, all good. I'll, let, I'll give you a cue from the mic to let you know what I'm up to. Um, but I, I was asked by my husband to whether I could speak tonight. My answer was yes. He asked me a little while back. And whether I could speak on a facet of 
the very big topic of worship. And uh, it is a big topic because there's so many, I guess, avenues you could go down um, when you when you speak on a particular topic. Because sometimes as preachers, um, we, it, you know, might quite literally be, this is what God wants me to say tonight. But I want to honour my husband and, and, and his planning and our, and our team because um, this was planned out that this topic would be covered um, over the last couple of weeks. And, and so I am speaking on worship. And, and I want to share that this is something that God has been speaking to me about uh, personally, this topic, for quite some time, probably all the time through all the lockdowns, all of that stuff, and then that's continued as he's just unraveled things in me and shown more of himself through that process. And so it's very, it's very in my heart and I'm, I'm letting it out now. Is that okay, what I'm sharing tonight? So we'll just get that first, um, first slide up, please. So my, if there is a title for what I'm going to share tonight, uh, it would be Changed and Changing. Speaking of myself particularly, and if you know the Lord and if you're, on a, if you're on a journey with him, if you're in a relationship with Jesus, um, I believe this past tense and present tense title will be true for you as well. Changed and Changing. And, you know, I came to the Lord, I came to Jesus at the age of 15 point something. I don't know the date, I don't know the month. Uh, I know I was 15 because I know I was in year 10. And I didn't turn 16 until the year after, so I know I was definitely 15. And I know where I was. I was at home uh, by myself in my bedroom. And I know that that moment when I knew that I needed to give myself to him personally. Um, I'd had a revelation uh, in a, during a sermon at a large church that I was attending with my parents at the time, was not at all involved, didn't want to go to youth, didn't want to, I, I, I was resistant to a lot of the structure of church. I loved being at church. I absolutely loved uh, coming together with people that I was kind of scared of because I was so incredibly introverted and shy. And, but yet I loved coming together. I felt so safe in church and in worship services. Um, and I loved hearing sermons from the particular pastor at the time. He's just incredible. Pastor Alan Davies, in anything he said, I was just lapping up. He's so much wisdom and so, so much deep understanding of the word. And I couldn't tell you what his sermon was, but I know that it was through that word that there was a heart uh, there was stuff going on in my heart and I just had this revelation that there's nothing that my parents have done, can do, there's nothing that anybody else can do on my behalf. I need to give my life to the Lord. I need to do it now. And so that's what I did at home. I didn't respond to an altar call. Too shy, way too shy. Um, and, and too in myself, you know, like it's not shy. It was like, like as if anyone... All those people would have celebrated that, right? 15-year-old young girl and she's given her heart to God. But I thought people were going to stare at me. I thought I was going to do it wrong. I, you know, all that stuff just in my own head. But that was the moment, that night that I gave 
my heart, I think I'm pretty sure it was night. See, it's also foggy. I'm normally the detailed person out of me and Alex. If you know him and if you know me, you probably agree with that. I'm a numbers person, I'm detailed, and yet I don't know the hour and the day and the month. And he knows all that. He's got it written down. He knows the moment that he gave his heart to God, which is so cool. I kind of wish I did. But I know I was 15 and I know I was at home in Cranbourne in a modest little house down the road. And, uh, and that is the moment I believe that I was changed, changed. And yet there was so much changing that God was getting ready to do and is still doing. So that, so that encapsulates my title here, changed and changing, not changed. Okay, done something wrong and changing, not that changed and changing. It's, it's, it's all at once. It's all at once. He's, he's a master at that. Fully saved by grace. Nothing you can do. That night that I decided, there's nothing special I did. Probably fumbled my words. Probably said half of it out loud, half of it in my head. Said it a few more times. Months after that, not sure whether I got it right or wrong. And yet, fully renewed by the blood of Jesus, his forgiveness, his salvation, that free gift, and yet so much changing still to come. (laughs) Does that blow your mind like it does? Like not about me, but just that reality of what God does, of what the Holy Spirit comes to do? It blows my mind, and I spend so much time trying to understand And yet I I rest in not understanding, changed and changing. And and what I want to talk about tonight is transformative worship. Um, I say transformative. It's an opportunity, the type of worship where we create an opportunity for God to come and keep doing that changing. It's not transformational, just to get a bit languagey here. linguistic, not transformational, but transformative. And that'll make more sense as I go. We can go to the next slide. Thank you, guys. I was just doing a bit of um, reading as I was preparing and lots of different things about from people who have done lots of studies and, and just written heaps of awesome books about this topic. And there's a guy who um, has written lots of stuff and was a key leader um, for many, many years uh, under Billy Graham, and his name's Robert E. Coleman. And I, I just loved this sentence, what he said in one of his books. And it was about, you know, well, what is worship? How do we define it? This is really what worship is, the adoring response of the creature to the infinite majesty of God the adoring response. I just thought, I loved how poetical that sentence was. I loved that it was like you could say so much about what worship is, what it isn't. I hear Aaron shared an amazing word this morning. I haven't got to listen to it yet. I plan to, to listen to the playback. But there's actually so much you could say about what worship is and what we're created to do that and what does it look like and what does it mean and where does it start, where does it end. But I just feel like this sentence is so good and good for our minds to understand, you know, when we're trying to understand it. The adoring response of the creature, so that's us, 
We are his creation. We are creatures. We're obviously, we rank really high compared to the other creatures. <laughs> a adoring response of the creature to the infinite majesty of God. No wonder this is so hard to understand. Infinite majesty. Infinite. You throw infinite in there and suddenly it's like, uh-oh. <laughs> Cogs are trying really, really hard whether your cogs are rusty or you've put some oil in or you count yourself as someone who, you know, can understand things pretty well. I don't know, infinite majesty of God. Adoring response. It's a response. Worship is a response. It's nothing special that you are or aren't doing. Uh, the team that we, that we thanked and appreciated, I, I love them. Highly skilled. They prepare. They were here early. There's nothing special they did. And that's just both of those things are true. Um, it's an adoring response. It's a response, but you, is it always of an adoring nature? And I'll tell you the truth. I've been in a lot of church services and things of that nature since the times that I was the quiet girl, fully in my, in my personality, resisting all the extra stuff, but just wanted to, be, wanted to be in the service and slip out, all the way through to now, pastoring a church and, and raising children and all of that stuff. And I will, I'll be blatantly honest with you, I, I love music, so that facet of worship, I've always loved that, but has, have I always genuinely had an adoring response to the infinite majesty of God? No, I haven't. I haven't. I've been in my own head so many times that it has held me back from the response that I should have had. And yet, mercy, patience, kindness of God keeps changing me, changed and changing. And I'm so, so thankful that the present tense has no end date. You know, I don't know how many, none of us know, but you, you, you know, you get to your mid-30s and you realize, well, I really, I quite literally don't know how many days and months and years I have. And, and, and thankfully, I'm quite well. I don't have any um, chronic ailments, I don't have any diagnosis that I need to be concerned about right now, but the reality is I don't know. So I don't know the end date of how much changing God has to do, and I'm okay with that. The change has happened, man, did he do a lot of change in me, and yet the changing is still happening, and, and how do I remain in a place in a life of worship, a life and a lifestyle, because they're kind of two different things as well, a life and a lifestyle where I am fully okay and, in fact, really craving that transformative worship. I want to be so in a place where, God, keep going, keep going. You're not done yet. Keep going. I'm okay with it, God. Keep going but I've got to get out of my own head. And maybe you do as well. And so this is some of the stuff that God's been ministering and doing in me over the last few years, which has been really incredible and hard. And some of it's hurt. 
And you know when you realize things about yourself, and obviously God was showing me, that you thought weren't problems, some things that you almost thought were good traits, and then he reveals that some of those are actually roadblocks. Changed and changing. We can go to the next slide. Thank you so much. Um, Worship. When I think about worship, and I've been real with you guys, and I always will, I haven't always, I haven't 100% of the time always had an adoring response, um, like I should, like he deserves, like I ought to. And I thought about that a little bit more. God, bring me back to that place where that was my, like, quick, natural, not thought through, not intellectualized, not ministryized, <laughs> not thinking about what I need to do for other people, even in a leadership setting. Bring me back to that place where it was really quick, real adoration. Because I know that it was that space when I was there, I know that was the space. I didn't do anything special. It was probably very messy. I didn't do anything special, but that quick response of adoration and your infinite majesty, that realization that you did some changing. Because it's Holy Spirit that's changing. So it's, it, it's not my response. I want to make that really clear. That when you experience something where you've gone, oh, I just knew I was so free in worship. I just let it all out. I've actually, you know, when you have those moments, I hope you have had those moments. Maybe some of them have been in places like this. Maybe for some of you it's on your own. Maybe it's all, all of the above and everything in between. Maybe it's at conferences. Maybe it's a, it's a friend who's gone, come on, let's just, we're, you know, we're, we're thinking too much about this. We just need to let it all out to God. Maybe it's all of that. But it's in those spaces, those times, those moments that the Holy Spirit knows he's actually so welcome to come and do that changing. He's so welcome to reveal what we need to see because he, he is not going to do that unless we're open to it. And I'm just getting to a point in my life where I want to be always open to that. Um, for, for, for the sake of being close to him, for the sake of getting my life right, for the sake of, of being on track with the purpose that he has for my life, for the sake of being a good wife, for the sake of being a good mother, for the sake of being a good pastor, and whatever else is to come, I want him to keep showing me what he needs to change and to be open and say, change, just do it, God, I'm ready. I'm ready despite what comes next. And I don't want any roadblocks in the way the ones that I might be creating unintentionally. And so I just thought about the idea of being in that place of wonderment. I don't know if you know a song. There's a song, I can't remember who the writer is. It's, a, it's not that old. Um, and it goes, May we never lose our wonder. Something like that. Wide-eyed and mystified. and Not, not in a spooky way. Like that unexplainable. My brain can't intellectualize it. Your majesty. I'm in actual awe. I want to I be in that place all the time. Out of my own head. 
and fully in wonder of this God who is doing two things at once, more than that, right? Has changed me, is changing me, can do that in me while he does that in all of you, if you're ready for it. It's just mind-blowing. Let's go to Luke chapter 5, verse 26. It's up on the, on the screen, but you're welcome to go there. You might have another slightly different phrasing in a different translation. It says, amazement seized them all. Talking about disciples. They glorified God and were filled with awe. Nothing they conjured up there. Have you noticed that? Filled with awe, saying... We have seen extraordinary things today. Let's get some context back there, hey? Filled with awe. And as I, as I pull up that chapter, the full chapter is not on the screen. As I pull that up, I just want to go back. I want to go back and tell you what happened to cause them to respond like that. I want you to th- contemplate this question. When was the last time... You were in wonder, in a place of wonderment towards Jesus. When was the last time? Have a think about that question. I had to ask myself that. When was the last time I was genuinely, again, not trying to conjure it up, but genuinely in awe? Oh, wow. That that kind of response. Luke chapter 5. Let's see what was happening before we get to that verse. You can come there with me if you like. So Jesus had done a healing. If you have a look just above there, there was a paralyzed man. Jesus said, your sins are forgiven. Stand up and walk. And... We know uh, that there was great purpose in that. It was, there was so much to that. There is with all of his miracles. Um, this is just one element of it. Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and he said, stand up, pick up your mat and go home. That's in verse 24. And immediately as everyone watched, the man jumped up, picked up his mat, and went home praising God. How incredible. Now that guy is not these people, by the way. He's the paralyzed man. He got the healing. You better, you, you better hope he's going home praising God. How incredible. And then we get to this verse. Everyone was, I'm, I'm reading a slightly different translation to the one on, on, the, on the screen now. Everyone was gripped with great wonder and awe. Gripped, seized, filled, no conjuring up, no in the head. You're completely out of your head. When you see that kind of thing happen, you probably feel like you're somewhere else. Is this a dream? This guy couldn't walk, and now, and, and, and Jesus says basically a few words. Very, very simple, powerful and simple. Guy gets up, walks, picks up his mat. How, you know, I love that. I love that he also tidied up after himself. I love that. 
And you, the, your response has to be genuine in that moment. Or you're a real overthinker. If you, if you don't have a genuine response at that moment, you are overthinking big time. So we get to this verse. Everyone that was watching, they got to be the first, the eyewitnesses of this incredible miracle. They're gripped with great wonder and awe. It doesn't say anything about trying to take notes. What does this mean for me? What do I need to do now? What do I need to process? wonder if I'll see this ever again. Was I hallucinating? Everyone was gripped with great wonder and awe, and they praised God, exclaiming, we have seen amazing things today. Have you seen amazing things? Have you seen Jesus do amazing things? Go and tell me. I just want to know a yes or no. That's a lot of yeses. When you see, when you witness, maybe when you experience Jesus doing amazing things, it's very, very easy to be in that place of great wonder and awe and gripped by it. Seize. They are powerful words. That's like you can't do anything else. You're fully taken over. That's it. You're done. Get on your knees. Praise him. That's what it means. It wouldn't be, we have seen amazing things today, everybody. <laughs> and thousands of years to come, people are going to be talking about these amazing things and clapping very gently. <laughs> it's not that. We've, we, there's probably an emphasis on the we, probably. We all got a little bit of ourselves in our language. We have seen amazing things today. Suddenly, every other problem is, like, quite literally dissolved. Transformative worship. Oh, Jesus, so good, so good. We can go to the next slide. <clears throat> wonderment. Are we, are we in a place of wonderment? And how do we get there? Is it, is, a place, is it a place we can journey to, or maybe we might think journey back to, I don't know if I'm there all the time, Pastor Jess. You kind of, you're kind of hitting the nerve here. I don't know. Maybe I don't always have authentic responses. A bit like you admitted. That's helping me admit it. All of that. I'm, I'm reading your mind right now. Okay, <laughs> not really. Maybe some of you. But is it a place you can journey to? I look at that and I think, well, yeah. Uh, the the previous slide. Just I think, well, they didn't go there. They didn't know they were going to go there. They didn't know they were going to be in, in a place of wonderment. They didn't know they were going to be completely gripped by the power of Jesus with no other choice but to fully and completely and authentically worship him. I don't know if we can go there. I don't know if it's a place we can choose to go to, but I know that we ought to be in a heart response of being in awe of him in his infinite majesty. Can I physically go there and go, I want to go back to that place? All I know is the God who amazed people back then hasn't changed. So that's what I know. That's what I know. 
We go to Hebrews chapter 12, just something else on about being in awe of God, not surprised by his magic. Don't, don't, don't confuse it with that because it's not magic, it's power, it's authority, and it's kindness. When he, when he heals, when he does things that, that cause us to respond, it's his kindness as well. And it is all of that. But being in awe of, of, of someone who quite literally, like if, if you don't know him and don't have him, you're dead. You're dead meat, you're dead. That person that holds that power, Jesus, you're not just surprised and in wonder of him and amazed, you're also in reverence. And I can tell you, church, <clears throat> that this was the part that I, that I was quite, I was scared over the last couple of years that I'd maybe lost a little bit of that. And I don't know if it's the weathering of, of, of life or, or of getting too used to being in this setting. I don't know, or a little bit of both. And I'd realised I'd lost a little bit of, like, unintentionally, unknowingly, but again, Holy Spirit in his... Mercy was revealing this, that I'd lost some of that reverence. And so I thought this was a good verse too. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28. Since we are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable, <clears throat> let us be thankful and please God by worshipping him with holy fear and awe. Holy fear. It's a reverence. It's not scared of a God that might start telling me more than I'm ready to hear. It's like, oh my goodness. I'm, this is not about me. It's, it's that kind of thing. Getting back to that place, wonderment. May we never lose our wonder. May we never lose it. Is it a place we can go back to? I don't know. Maybe you can meditate on that. But what I do know is that the God that amazes people and grips people doesn't change. We can go to the next slide. Thank you. <clears throat> you can hear my voice a little bit croaky. I'm good. Just going to drink a bit of water. And, uh, and I want to go to Psalm 100. How about while I drink a bit of water, you go there with me? Because as you can see... <laughs> That is not Psalm 100, those random words that I've put up in that. That's not a mistake. That'll make sense soon. So let's go there together, Psalm 100. And if you don't have anything to use to go there, I'll be reading it anyway and you can listen. There's a lot of Psalms, hey? All right. Psalm 100, it's a psalm of thanksgiving. I'm going to read it out. It's not too long. I'm going to read it out. Read along with me if you like. And then I'm going to explain why I chose to put those words up there. They're from the psalm. Ah, what is so good? Verse 1, Shout with joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him, singing with joy. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good. His unfailing love continues forever and his faithfulness 
continues to each generation. Oh man, I love that. I love that as a mum. You can love that regardless of whether you've got biological children, but man, I love that as a mum. Because all the mistakes I make, they're all unintentional. The mistakes my parents would have made, and on and on and on, and the other way into the future. Oh, I rest in that. His faithfulness continues to each generation. That's, a, that's kind of a side note. But, you know, I look at this psalm, and it's incredible how much call to action there is. I use the word up there, if you can see it, above the, the cream-coloured box, says participate. It's a call to participate. I mean, it's a psalm of David, but it's a call to participate. If you believe that the word is living, that there's a point for you to read it other than being knowledgeable in the Bible, if you believe this is for you, that it's living, that it's transformational, that when you read it, there's, a, there's something that you ought to do, that God is revealing something to you, then there is a lot of call to action in this one psalm, not even that long. So many action words. When you look at it, in, it just, again, at the language in there. And, and that's what I wanted to highlight. I hope I'm not in anyone's way. Just tell me up the back, tell me if I am, if I need to go a different way. So that's what I did. I highlighted the words that were calling me to action, to participate. All of what I'm saying tonight is completely pointless if this doesn't leave you with something to take away an action. It is literally pointless. So hopefully it's not. <laughs> Look at these action words. Your invitation, your call to participate in worship. Shout. Enter. Go into. No one is bringing you there. You need to go into his courts. No one is stopping you either. So get that out of your head. I spent way too many months and years thinking my newborn babies were stopping me. Whoo. Thank God for his mercy and his patience, eh? Go into, come, come. That's a nice gentle action, hey. Go into sounds a bit more full on. All right, come, I like that. Give, acknowledge. Now, I don't want you to be overwhelmed by that. I just want you to know that no matter what I say, what we do as a church, what we plan, what we're doing well, what we need to improve on, um, all of that, that I cannot do this for you. All I'm doing tonight is sharing what God has been revealing to me. And I'm just hoping that it leaves you with something, that maybe you can relate, that maybe that, again, it leaves you, you, you that you go with thinking, I think, I, I think that part was for me, that part, or that part, or that part. So we need to participate. I think some of the mistakes, to be honest, that the church has made, not, not a single church, just, you know, the church in general, modern church, maybe the Pentecostal church, who knows? Maybe God just knows we're all making mistakes. And again, he's just very merciful and kind. Is that 
we love we the way sometimes we do things even the even the way that everyone's looking this way and I'm looking at you it's just the way the room is set up but it's not meant to be you're receiving it's meant to be that we're all participating and I don't actually want to box that into what we're doing in when we gather corporately, that we participate. That this journey of following Jesus, when he said, come follow me, and he said that to all of us, and, and I believe majority of you already are, and maybe some of you aren't yet, that there's a participation factor. <laughs> and nobody else can do it for you. It's an invitation. We can go to the next slide. I'm laughing because I Google image and this was all I could find of this guy. This guy, and I don't know if I'm going to pronounce his name properly, a German uh, poet and uh, very smart to what I did my research. He was born in 1670, obviously a long, long time ago, lived to 74, quick math there. Joachim? Joachim? I don't know. Joachim, so that sounds better. Lange. Yeah, I feel like I got that all wrong. It's all right. Doesn't matter. No one's offended. He wrote a hymn. Now, he wrote a poem, basically, and it got turned into a hymn and music went behind it from a different composer. He wrote this hymn that I just couldn't get past. It, it moved me. Have you ever heard a worship song that's moved you? Maybe sing along to it. Maybe you have a favourite and you get choked up halfway through because the words move you. I want to just preface before I go into this. None of that has power, by the way. Holy Spirit does. The songs don't. I say that as a, I love music. Some of you would have seen me worship lead. I've been doing it for a long time. Not the most skilled. I love showing my praise to the Lord through song, absolutely love it. But those moments, those acts, those songs, those words, those tunes do not have power. Holy Spirit does. just want to preface that. <laughs> you don't need to clap for that. But I'm, I'm, I'm glad you guys agree because some people might go, wait, what? But I'm experiencing, I'm experiencing something that's moving me in those moments. How dare you? Don't take that away from me. That's real. It's real. That's Holy Spirit. <laughs> Because you got out of your own head and the song was a tool and the teams up here are tools that the Lord uses and he does the rest. All right, let me get into this hymn. It's just incredible. It moved me because I was like, I mean, it's just, it's so poetic because it's a poem and I, it really encapsulates what I believe that a life fully given over to God, so a life of worship, I just feel like it encapsulates that. So I'm going to read along. And, and you're going to see it. You're going to see each section of the song verse, I suppose. And it's got that olden day thing about it, and I kind of like that too. I can't sing it. Did someone say sing it? I can't sing it because I don't, I couldn't really work out the melody. Like, I'm just going to say it. And to be honest, guys, I don't love the tune or the backing, like, the, the song that it goes with, it's more the lyrics I just think are just a really good representation of, of, of what I want to leave with you. 
O God, what offering shall I give to thee, the Lord of earth and skies? My spirit, soul, and flesh receive a holy living sacrifice. Small as it is, tis all my store. More shouldst thou have if I had more. He's talking about what he has to give to God. It's going to the next verse. Now then, my God, thou hast my soul, no longer mine, but thine I am. Guard thou thine own, possess it whole, cheer it with hope, with love in flame. Thou hast my spirit, there display thy glory to the perfect day. I feel like, I don't know, as I came up with the title of my sermon, I'm like, I feel like this guy was kind of talking about being changed and changing as well. There's a little more to it. We all good? I'm going to keep reading. Make sure I'm on the same verse. Thou hast my flesh, thy hallowed shrine, devoted solely to thy will. Here let thy light forever shine. This house still let thy presence fill. O source of life, live, dwell, and move in me till all my life be love. Oh, It's incredible, I know. Oh, never in these veils of shame, sad fruits of sin. They are sad, aren't they? My glorying be. So we don't glory in our sin. We don't glory in the past. Clothe with salvation through thy name, my soul, and let me put on thee. Be living faith, my costly dress, and my best robe, thy righteousness. Send down thy likeness from above and let this my adorning be. Remember earlier on when I was talking before, that that response of adoration? Clothe me with wisdom, patience, love, with lowliness and purity than gold and pearls, more precious far and brighter than the morning star. And the final verse, and this is the one, this really got me. Just in all the unravelling the Lord's been doing in my heart. Lord, arm me with thy spirit's might. Since I am called by thy, by thy great name, in thee let all my thoughts unite. I'm just going to pause here. Because I had a lot of scattered thoughts. Have you ever experienced that? Not like I wasn't having a breakdown or anything like that. But just a lot, I couldn't keep up with it. And then what about this and this and this and this, but what about that? And then I read this line, and hey, this is not scripture, it's just someone's, someone's expression that just really helped me. In thee, in you, Jesus, let all my thoughts unite. Of all my works be thou the aim, thy love attend me all my days, and my soul business... Not soul trader, not, <laughs> not entrepreneur. My soul business. Let my soul purpose be thy praise. That tells me, when I, I go, I, it's permission to stop everything else. My soul business be praise. I feel released of every other scattered thought. 
It decenters me from myself. Not this, this song doesn't have power. God just used it. <clears throat> Decentered from myself, getting out of my own head and suddenly in the centre of his will because I'm looking, literally beholding, beholding, beholding. I'm in a place where transformation can occur. Acts of worship, a life of worship, stuff we do, praises I say or sing or write or paint or dance or money or gifts or whatever it is, they don't change me. They bring me into alignment in a place where I'm beholding Jesus fully for who he is. Now the changing can occur. There you are. Stop. You're in there. Stop, 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 stop. Stay. Here you are. Here you are. This is where I need you to be. Stay. We've got some stuff to do. And that's just, I just kind of desire being in that place more now. My sole business be thy praise. We can go to the next slide, guys. Uh, is it okay if I just have a few more minutes? Is that okay? Won't be, won't be too, I just want to make sure I get to the, a couple of more parts. So I've kind of touched on this. So, so I'm talking about renewal, essentially. And we all need it. We, we all need it. We, for the, the days that we're going to be, our flesh is alive on this earth, you are going to need renewal. And, and, and as I said, acts of worship alone do nothing to change us. They really don't. And we need to be cautious not to be worshipping worship. I know that sounds strange. But we need to be cautious. Uh, glorifying ritual. We need to be really careful with that. We need to be really careful with that. And I'm speaking to you, Fire Church. We need to be really careful with that. Fully giving ourselves to the Lord without reservation. It takes time. It takes time. I, I have reservation every day I wake up about different things. Fully giving ourselves to the Lord without reservation. It's not going to be like that. That brings transformation. And the power, the person, is the Holy Spirit. He's doing it. There's nothing you're conjuring up. There's nothing I'm doing. What I'm saying right now, he will use. This is not powerful. He is. He's here. Thank you, Lord. And he wants this to be released. He's been brewing it in me for quite some time. And he wants it to be released. But this is not powerful, what I'm doing. I can't do any change. I can't bring you. I can't say, come on, the invitation was go into, enter. Come on, acknowledge. I could. You probably don't want to hear me do that. you got to do it. you got to do it yourself. And you, go, you better hope your pastors are there too. It's a dual devotion from him to us and back to him. I'm going to say that again. A dual devotion from him to us, he's hopelessly devoted. I won't. He is, though, devoted to us. We realize it, we acknowledge it, 
hopefully we're in awe by that, back to him, goes round and round and round or up and down, that brings continual change and renewal. It's that. It, it's, not, it's not your favourite song. It's not that really awesome poem that I read out. <clears throat> it's not any of your service. It's not the world's best sermon. Um, it's not even your favourite scripture passage. They're all things that God uses. It, it's this. It's this dual devotion and he goes, I know, I know, I, I, I know. I know this is a real relationship that's going to stick. And we're going to go to the next slide. And, and, and I'm, almost, uh, I'm almost at my end here for tonight. <clears throat> These three circles, it's just what I've been thinking about, what <clears throat> authentic worship is. Not song, not, not me giving my time to God, not any of that but a life laid down, and, and that will look like something. And I, I just had to think about things, words that I feel like describe what I believe is authentic worship. And you can see radical. When's the last time you did something radical unto him? Regular. Regular can mean, might mean daily. Are you spending time with him? Are you adoring him regularly? <coughs> My husband is an amazing husband. Compliments me when I feel like it doesn't make sense. <laughs> You're telling me I'm pretty today? Have you? Look, have you? You sure? <laughs> I haven't done my hair or anything today. Okay, thank you. He's really good at adoring me, and I love that about him. Um, and it's regular, and I can kind of like count on it, you know? Are we in a regular practice of worshipping? Dual devotion. And the last one, raw. And you might go, well, what's the difference between raw and radical? Well, <clears throat> raw is being like, Fully, fully Jess. David was really good at this. He didn't try and write, like, stuff that sounded good. He was really good at just letting it all out. Raw. We've got to be like that. It's actually how God wants us to come to him. Enter and just let it out. You be you. Let the lion roar. <laughs> let the lion roar, yeah. So it is kind of different to radical, but I don't know. I, I feel like I jump from one to the other sometimes. Like sometimes I'm like, all right, yep, God, you and me today, I'm here, I've turned up. All right, regular. I've got the regular down pat. But it all gets to I've decided how it's going to be. I'll read this. I'll pray to you. I'm going to worship you. I'm going to thank you. And then I'm going to bring my kids involved. And, Alec, and then, yep, 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 yep. And then I lost the radical. <laughs> and then sometimes I lose the regular. Stuff gets in the way. And when I get there, it's just real raw. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. It's been so long since I've been with you. I'm so sorry. It's just been really hard and I get raw. And that's awesome. But we're not meant to be raw with God every now and then. 
And then sometimes I do radical things totally out of my personality. I just let it all out. And, uh, and the point is of all this, if we go to the next slide, is it really should be this, where it's all overlapping and that authentic worship and then we sit in the middle there. We're in a place of where we know that we can be fully ourselves, raw, that God's going to call you to do radical things. I'm not going to tell you what they are. I don't know. I know the radical things he's asked me to do. I don't know what your things are, but he will. And it needs to be regular. He needs to count on you. You know you can count on him. You know that. But he wants to count on you too. You're going to show up. There's a relationship that's more than just every now and then. So we want to sit in the middle here, authentic worship, the kind of worship that invites the Lord to keep doing the changing, transformative worship. If you want that, you need to be in the middle there. And we've got to stay there. And everything else goes. My sole business, Jesus, is to praise you. If I can get that right, the other stuff is going to sort itself out. My sole business is to praise you. Thank you, Lord. I want to speak to those who are not yet in that dual devotion with Jesus. And there were some things maybe during, during my message where you're like, I, I don't know, I want met kind of curious about that, but I'm not sure. Is, if there's anyone in the room tonight that is not yet sure if they're in a two-way devotion with Jesus. I'm just going to use the similar language from what I said earlier, that dual devotion. Sometimes we might phrase it as if you haven't come to Jesus yet, you don't, he's not the Lord of your life or you don't have a relationship with him. This is just another way to phrase it. If there's anyone in the room tonight that's not in a dual two-way devotion with Jesus Christ. Now, it's always, the one-way part doesn't change. His devotion for us is, is like no other. It's incomparable. There's nothing I can say to even convince you if you, that if you're not sure that he is fully devoted for you. There's really nothing I can say that will convince you. I just know he is. But it can be two-way. We're designed for it to be two-way, for it to be, oh, there's a God who's living, who loves me. He is my only source of life. And we are fully devoted back to him. And that realisation just comes. If there's anyone in the room tonight, can, can we just make a space right now, church? Can we just close our eyes just for a moment? Because I don't, I don't know everyone and I don't know if there's anyone that, that, that needs an opportunity to discover that two-way devotion. So with every eye closed in this room, I'm just making a short time right now where if you would like to respond here in this place, where you are, if you want to raise your hand and really show God 
not so much me, that you're ready to step into that two-way. He's already there. He's ready. But if you're ready, then Jesus Christ is inviting you into a two-way relationship. You can count on Him and you're going to learn that you can become a person that He can count on too. So is there anyone in this room tonight Thank you, Jesus. You're ministering right now. Thank you, Lord. If there's anyone online, we really appreciate um, you letting us know as well. If this is for you, this invitation, if you want to comment on the online thread and we can get in touch with you. Thank you, Father. Well, church, why don't we stand together? And we're just going to pray. And as I pray, I invite you to just uh, follow me in prayer. Thank you, Jesus. Just repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your devotion. I thank you for loving me at my worst. And seeing me for my best. I thank you, Lord, that you came today to show me more of myself and to help me remove roadblocks that are getting in the way between me and you. Lord, tonight, I give you my life again. I want to be fully devoted to you. Let my soul business be to praise you all of my days and show me, Holy Spirit, what needs to stay and what needs to go. I'm ready for you, God, to keep changing me more and more into your image. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to another online message from Fire Church Ministries. For more messages like this and other resources and information, go to our website, firechurch.com.au.